and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Brighter Later and Samuel. Hello. Brighter Later? Oh, hey, guys. All right. (laughs) Getting off to a good start. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, BB Netanyahu getting back into Benjamin Netanyahu getting back into power in Israel and all the, that the, all the implications that come with it. I fully support Benjamin Netanyahu, BB, and uh, I think it's a great day that he's coming back into power. I really do. I'm I'm very I'm ecstatic about it. But before we kick this off, I Samuel, I need to ask you a favor. Okay, so. I know that you and a friend of mine are having conflict, correct? Don't say the person's name. Oh, having... well, not really a conflict. It's just that, you know, we kind of don't talk to each other. Okay, so here's my qu- here's my favorite to you. I didn't realize that you were arguing with him in, uh, in text chat. So here's what I ask. If he's blocking you, just let it go, okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Actually, yeah. actually, you know, he's he's not. But it's just that, you know, I cannot... Well, even, even if he's not blocking you, yeah. just, just if, you know, there's no point in continuing this. So, sure. uh, I, as a personal favor, just uh, just let it go. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a good friend, and, and you're a friend of mine. And, you know, he's a really good friend. And, uh, and uh, well, I'm not going to say where he's at right now, but he's he's vacationing with his family, and I hope he's... I hope he's enjoying himself, and I, I just want you know no more problems, okay? Yeah, no problem. Man. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, I, I support Benjamin Netanyahu. I I I always have. Uh, I've always said my 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 words are always, call me Rabbi Kahana. Call me Mayor Kahana. That's my position on, on, on Israel. So if you want to know what my position on Israel is, call me Rabbi Kahana. Look up Rabbi Kahana, and you'll know exactly what my position is with Israel. All right, Brother Later, you had some things you'd like to read off. Yeah. I should say that uh, this has been uh, – I think the – I forget if the election was last week, and I guess they have yet to officially do the vote, but it looks like uh, Benjamin Yahoo is going to be brought back into power with the uh, – I guess a mixture, a coalition between Lakehead and uh, I guess what is seen as kind of far right, kind of Zion or ultra orthodox parties. But uh, I, I found that immediately all of the kind of mainstream news seemed to be, I guess, really dismayed by all of this, and seems to think it's a really a turn for the worst. Benjamin Yahoo coming into uh, circumstances, and they keep referencing a couple of characters. And I want to start off with a mei.adu, and they're talking about. Uh, 
one of the somebody's about to serve as a minister and it says in fact both of these approaches get something right and something wrong put simply the success of ben giver a politician who proudly describes late extremist rabbi kahana as his teacher is not a cataclysmic shift it's worse than that so the first person and i guess this guy is gonna head to basically be almost some sort of home secretary in the ministry which he's part of a a coalition or a Zionist coalition, or I guess kind of like a far right coalition, as they call it, that uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu had to, uh, I guess, coalesce with to get into power. And I guess this guy, <laughs> there's a couple funny things about this one particular character where I guess his party, his party literally translates in English to Jewish power. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. He's, I guess at one point he threatened the, the prime minister that was killed or I forget if it's prime minister. I think it's prime minister or president, but uh who was a, uh, I guess, head of, uh, or during the, or I guess, who uh, signed off on the Oslo Accords. And uh, the first thing his Wikipedia page says is literally that he stole the <laughs> thing off his Cadillac, or I forget what that's called, the Ordem off his Cadillac, like two weeks before he was actually assassinated. Hoodorum. <laughs> hmm? Yeah. Hoodorum. Yeah, which uh, you don't tend to see those as much. There's another guy that uh, goes by the name of Basil Smirch, which I'm absolutely pronouncing his name, who's another one that they keep referencing. And I think he's going to basically be uh, uh, heading over kind of the West Bank settlements, which is a very controversial issue, which I'll get into in a little bit. But uh, I guess this guy has said his own sort of controversial stuff, and people are particularly dismayed by this guy because he lives in a settlement, which I don't really care that much about. But uh, you know what, Palestinians, I'll feel bad for you. Maybe, maybe. When you when you stop strapping bombs to your own children to blow up other people's children, maybe I'll feel bad for you when you stop firing rockets into Israel. Maybe I'll feel bad for you um, when you when you get a chance at autonomy and you don't vote in, uh, you know, a terrorist organization to lead you um, and and pretend like that that's a valid vote and that you're not you're trying to uh, have peace. Uh, maybe when you stop saying that you want to push all all Jews into the sea, maybe, maybe then, maybe I'll I'll I'll, de- I'll decide to uh, you know have a little pity for you. Other than that, you 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 deserve no pity, and you'll get no pity. Yeah, which uh, yeah, we definitely concur with that. I should also say that pretty much everything I'm going to read is is a left wing is from a left wing source, and they're particularly American sources, which. Uh, one, I'm not really that familiar with Israeli media to really pick out kind of right-wing sources. And two, most of the people that uh, were complaining at nauseum uh, about this are obviously left-wingers. So that's obviously what I wanted to address. But the first article comes from the Jerusalem Post, and it says, The Dairy Law the dairy law will allow uh, Shah's chairman, Arya Dairy, to serve as minister despite being convicted of tax offenses. The Smoosh Law will allow religious Zionist party chairman Bezel Smoots to serve as a minister within the defense ministry and be responsible for matters in the West Bank. The incoming coalition will also work to pass a law known as Ben Giver Law, which will give uh, Atzma Zuhun, head uh, Itmar, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm really butchering this, Ben Giver, increased control over the police force, including control over our police policy and control over protest permits. So, Right away, the third guy that's referenced here is, I guess, a guy that was some sort of chime, some is about to some sort of a chair of some finance thing or a minister of some financial thing. And uh, I guess people, this is the crux of a lot of the disagreement because this person was just convicted of a tax crime and he was given a suspended sentence, which the controversy in this ends. Let's see if I have another source. Uh, 
Well, actually, I'll just read. I'll just read a Guardian because it explains it better. And this comes from the Guardian. It says, "With Levin in place, the coalition intends to pass several pieces of legislation as soon as possible, including an amendment that will allow the ultra-orthodox politician Ari Dari to serve as minister despite his conviction for tax." to give the incoming national security minister, the extremist Itmar Ben-Gurri, extended powers over police force in an amendment that would transfer oversight of Israeli civic administration or civil administration in the occupied West Bank from the defense ministry to the incoming finance minister, the far-right Benzel Smutzer. The latter, issue is the latter issue in particular is likely to have far-fetching consequences for the Israeli occupation, occupation of the Palestinian territories, moving elements of control out of the defense ministry's hands to a civic ministry, to a civil uh, ministry is already being considered by Israeli and Palestinian uh, analysts as de facto an uh, annexation. So this sets the theme for a lot of the controversies that I found. So I guess the politician uh, Ari, Ari Duri is the one that was uh, convicted of tax evasion. And I guess he's technically not allowed to serve, given that there's literally a law that says you have to wait about seven years to serve in government after being convicted of a crime. Which <laughs> Well, let me, let, me, let me just say one thing, one, one comment on this. There's no such thing as Palestinian territories. It's all Israel. There is no Palestinian territories. There's no Palestine that never, that never has been. There's never been a Palestinian king. Um, it's simply a region that was called uh, Palestine by, by, the, by the Romans. And uh, it, mostly Jews lived, at, lived there at the time when the Romans called it Palestine. So it's the name of the region. Um, it's part of Israel, and uh, there's there's no such thing as Palestine. Only Israel. Sorry, folks, but that's just the facts. That's the historical facts, and that's the that's the why, facts. Why, why are you sorry? Oh, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm just. I know there's <laughs> going to be a lot of people pissed off about yeah, this. Yeah, but well, the well, facts. Yeah, the facts. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I just wanna I just wanna chime in on that one. Go ahead. And I, I'm gonna say, you know what? Uh, long live Israel. Fuck Palestine. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Which I was going to say, this sets the stage and this is something that's going to play out is that uh, Israel, well, I, I should say that first that I actually didn't know this at first, but Israel actually doesn't have an official constitution. But the problem is they, I guess they have some basic laws that are de facto constitution that, that I guess that amount to a sort of de facto constitution that were passed in 92, which one of the, there's a couple of complaints here. One is that they're letting this guy serve in the government who's just been convicted of a crime. And that scene is a, uh, that's seen as part of the unofficial constitution, which it's obviously, which it sets the stage because the Supreme Court can in effect rule that, uh, hey, this guy's, uh, I guess, uh, this guy's ultimately breaking the law, so we can't let him stay there, which is setting the ground for, I guess, legislation that'll make it such that uh, the Supreme Court actually doesn't get to overrule, doesn't get to, uh, I guess, impose themselves in certain matters, which is kind of a controversy. And the other controversy, the other controversy in regards to this is the West Bank. And I'm going to read this because they were, they're trying to make it such that uh, instead of it being the case that the army or the military has control over the West Bank, which I think was the rule set in the Oslo Accords, they're making it such that uh, they're transferring over to civil administration, which this is, or I guess that uh, particularly uh, leftists have in regards to this. And this comes from 972mag.com, which I believe is a very uh, pro-Palestinian, uh, or I think it puts, I think it's a, uh, I think it's actually just a naturally just Palestinian magazine. I'm not quite sure though. Well, well, of course, of course. You know, the sad thing is, is what most people don't realize, is that you know the leftists in the United States are anti-Western civilization, anti-American. 
the the leftists in Israel are all are anti-Israel, anti-Western civilization. The leftists all over the world uh, despise Western civilization. And, you know, Israel is Western civilization in the Middle East. Yeah. And so, of course, these these, these tre- treasonous pieces of shit uh, are going to side against Israel. That's that's just a given. Yeah. Which uh, this is in regards to uh, this, this article is in regards to the West Bank settlement, which some people are arguing is, a, I guess, ultimately, I think, against the de facto constitution. But to. I guess people decide for themselves, but it says the cold bureaucratic terms of the new coalition agreement cannot be read without taking into consideration the personalities involved. Put bluntly, the agreement designates uh, Smooch as the de facto overlord of Area C in the West Bank, which, according to the Oslo Accords, is under full military and civil control pending a final agreement with the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO. Rather than directly annexing the West Bank, the coalition deal provides for almost an entire, an almost separate entity of Smorsosen, which is just a, I guess, a play on that guy's name, if you will, the purpose of which is to deepen the domination of settlers over Palestinians while diminishing the already scant protections Palestinians have under the occupation. Two army unit, two army units. Part, oh, sorry, that's a header. It says this arrangement is to be carried out by a few seemingly bureaucratic moves buried in Article Twenty One of the coalition deal. First, the deal places Siso Joe Civil Administration, the two military units charged with administering the occupation, under the full responsibility of Smosho's party. They're a junior occupation under the full responsibility of. Uh, I'm just going to uh, really quickly do an analysis of this. So it references uh, Area C, which is. I guess I guess I don't know how they chalk this up, but Area C is about sixty-one percent of the West Bank, and I guess what people are taking umbrage with is that uh, with the Oslo Accords, and I was looking this up, that uh, the Oslo Accords made it such that uh, I guess eventually Palestine or the West Bank will be kind of ro- ruled, but that's contingent on there being agreement there, and until that, it's going to be like of the military, which part of the problem that this article is oblivious to is that. Uh, the West Bank or Palestinians in particular never really played ball with the West Bank. And that's no. the reason why we literally have a, a military, it being controlled by the Israeli military 27 years later. Yeah, because, which, because the, the Palestinians won't, won't, won't cooperate. Yeah, which people seem to think that this is like, uh, okay, they had a deal and they're totally uh, reneging on it, which the problem is this deal was a contingency that to wasn't supposed to last for fucking 27 years, but the problem is the Palestinians never played ball with any of this shit. So they literally had to have a military. <laughs> this literally had to be run by the military as opposed to a, any sort of like a official bureaucracy or any sort of like more official bureaucracy. Well, as Dennis Prager always says, and I've heard him say this a million times and I'll, I'll say it again. I've said it a million times. If, if the Palestinians laid their, down their arms, there would be peace in the Middle East. Well, at least that part of the Middle East. The rest of it's still going to be a chaotic mess. But there would be peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis. If the Israelis laid down their arms, it would be a bloodbath. They would be absolutely slaughtered. It'd be suicide bombings. It would be, it would be machine gunnings. It would be rockets. It would be everything you could possibly think of until every last Jew was dead or or ran out of the country. And that's what they want. That that's the only thing they want. And uh, some of them are honest enough to say it. Some of them aren't. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I, I won't really read off the rest of it because this is actually, I, I view this as very substantive. I, I can see why some people would view it as dry, but to, 
basically this law makes it such that uh, the defense minister is basically going to have a, from everything I can tell, he's going to have much more control over this area, which it seems to be, I guess, most uh, anti, I don't know, anti-Zionist or anyone who's particularly pro-Palestinian. They don't like this because they'll reference aspects that basically he, him having such a heavy or, I don't know, stringent control over it. And one thing that he can literally, he literally gets to, which I'm not quite sure if this is even true, but one of the things the, the article references is that he literally has control over who gets to submit claims to the Supreme Court about certain abuses, which right. it could literally be the case that, uh, oh, well, he's just not going to let any sort of uh, Supreme or cases go to the Supreme Court, which would be, I guess, be viewed as dis- disadvantageous for his own cause which I'm not quite sure uh, if that will actually avail itself. And I guess the other problem with this is it's ultimately making it such that, uh, which is typically a pretty contentious issue. And I've heard uh, a lot of uh, even pro, I guess, very pro-Israel individuals in the United States be against this, is that uh, he thinks it's going to be such that this will ultimately spur even more, uh, uh, I guess, settlements where, I guess they're in, uh, I guess the, in a lot of people's eyes, that they're basically just usurping the land and making it their own. Well, it is their land. It's Israel. So if if there's more settlements created, the more the better, in my opinion. Now, there's people that that are friends of mine that disagree with me, and there's people that are friends of mine that agree with me. But that's my opinion. My opinion is is the more settlements, the better. If you know, my solution would be is uh, I think the Palestinians need to go across the Jordan River and live in Jordan. Um, if anybody knows what Black September is, Black September is where the is where the there's a lot of Palestinians that live in Jordan, and Black September happened in 1970, and the Palestinians tried to overthrow King Hussein, not the not the current king, but his father, King Hussein. They tried to overthrow him and claim that Jordan was was Palestine, and so if they thought that he that's Palestine, fine. Go live in Jordan. Go across the river and live in Jordan in peace, and don't come back to Israel. Uh, as far as as far as the uh, the Gaza Strip goes, uh, they need to. They can have the Sinai Peninsula. How about that? Yeah, which uh, obviously, I mean, one of these the the, the, the desert. <laughs> I, yeah. I have a thing to say about that. Go ahead. Yeah, the you know, like the problem here is that Jordanians are such scumbags that, like, you know, even though they they are the ones who created, like, you know, Palestinians in the first place because, let's face it, they are Arabs. <laughs> like, most of them Jordanians or Egyptians or whatever. And th- now they act like Palestinians is such a... It's, um, it's such a plague that they, even they don't want them, right? Like, they try to play both sides against each other. and Right. And it's like... Shut the fuck up and, and take your refugees back. You started this, you take them. And this is the same with Egypt. But no, yeah. somehow it's Israel's problem. It really pisses me off every time I hear these peace treaties and somehow Israel and people of Israel always try to have this peace peace treaties and signs and, and talks and be very very respectful to, to, to the Palestinians and listening to their demands and trying to get a some somewhat of a peaceful uh, resolution to, to this conflict. And all these Arab states are just watching by and be like, Let, let's see how it goes. Even yeah, though they but, started this shit. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is, is that, uh, you know, if they hadn't tried to overthrow Israel in the first place, 
they wouldn't this the, the land would still be theirs the land they would still it would still be under their control they did this to themselves well to the to the to the victor goes the spoils and so yeah. if you don't like it you know if you if you don't like how things are going in israel then, then move to Jordan. If you don't like how things are going in, uh, in uh, the Gaza Strip, go across the Sinai Peninsula and go live in Egypt. You yeah. have options. Israel only has Israel. You, you have the whole goddamn Middle East to live in. Yet you're determined to, to destroy this one small successful country? Right. Which I, I should say that to, Typically, they're referencing these two people and I guess how they're basically, incur uh, I guess, uh, increasing the kind of bureaucracy that these two positions have or the two kind of, uh, I, I think there are the two minute. I think they're the two people uh, serving in ministers and ministry positions that uh, aren't part of Lakehead and part of, uh, I guess, coalition parties. But uh, you obviously see where people are complaining about this because they're, I guess, the one that was uh, Ben Gervin or Ben Griver. I know I'm mispronouncing his name, who literally claimed to be a Rabbi Kahana kind of protege that uh, he's now going to be have much more control over the state or the police state. And he's literally going to be allowed to issue permits or protest permits, which people are taking umbrage of that. And yeah, it obviously being the case that they're they're basically devoiding a, or what was the kind of contingency and uh, the Oslo Accords where. It was set up such that the military would handle it and it would just go through those channels. And now it's going to be, no, this is going to be controlled by a more civil or and through a more civil administration where there's going to be more control of it, control over it. It's not going to be kind of, a, I guess, a, under under the control of whatever the kind of general laws are at the time, which I am. That's typically what people complain about. I, I should say pivoting a bit, and I know maybe this is going to be a bit dry, which uh, I, I'm, I think I'm done with the dry parts, but uh, I think that's particularly important. But to. Uh, it seems to be that, uh, and maybe this is where I'm more sympathetic to them. I, I haven't said this already. I'm generally pretty sympathetic with Israel. I don't. I, at times, I can be indifferent. It's not something that uh, I spend spend that much time thinking about. One that uh, I just live in the United States. But basically, the theme that uh, I guess the left is complaining about is that they're ceding so much control of the country over to kind of the ultra orthodox, and they view that as a problem, which. I typically don't really care as much about it, and I do like that Israel's basically standing up to a bunch of woke shit and <laughs> letting someone have a ministry. Well, Roger, it's, it's because... Is, oh, hold on. That's oh, a uh, party's name is Jewish Power. Excellent. The only, yeah. The only thing that makes me... that The only articles that I've read that make me a little bit more standoffish or a little bit more reluctant to support this is that uh, I'm not quite sure if... And I should say that uh, I think it's something like 21% of school children now are come from ultra orthodox backgrounds, which if you look at a lot of these kids, a lot of them will just kind of go to ultra orthodox schools where it's not quite clear that they're getting the most eclectic, uh, flourishing education possible. A lot of these people tend to be very poor. It's going to be something by like 2050, a quarter of the population is going to be ultra orthodox in Israel, which typically the complaint there is, and I've heard this for a while amongst kind of the I don't know if you want to say like the more liberals or I guess the people that uh, are more reluctant to support, uh, I guess, the ultra orthodox state is that uh, once you basically get an inundation of these people, they're not going to be as productive as citizens as I guess the kind of more secular citizens, which I think that is something to bear in mind. That uh, well, well, but the brighter later, they, they say that, but they also say that about conservatives in the United States. They also say that about Christians in the United States. So, but you know, that, that's kind that, of the take on liberals. If you're not a liberal, then you're, you're not worth shit to them. 
Yeah. I understand that, but I think the problem with this is that to, these are people that literally, the ultra-Orthodox literally don't have to serve in the military, which is going to be a problem when that's a quarter of your population. And probably by 2050, they're probably going to be at least like a third of, uh, I guess, the young population, which the ultra-Orthodox, it's something like uh, per woman, they have like seven kids, which is insane. But uh, I think this actually could be more problems if you actually look at what these kids are learning. And it's kind of similar to Hasidic Jew kids or Hasidic Jews children in the, in the United States where there was a big uh, New York Times dossier. To, a lot of these kids didn't even have literacy on basic math. They were just basically taught the Talmud and that, or on, I guess, the Torah in general, and that was it. Well, well the, 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 here's the thing. And when it comes to Israel, forget about the United States. When it comes to Israel, um, we need to worry about the here and now. We don't need to worry about what's going to happen in the future down the road, possibly, if somebody gets into power or if the population changes a little bit. Um, unless you're talking about more Arabs and more Muslims. And then, yeah, that's going to be a major problem. Everything else can be worked out. Yeah, I think it's probably eventually going to have to be worked out. And they're going to have to tailor their economies or tailor their i guess their society to where uh the ultra orthodox don't quite as have as many liberties as as they did before which i definitely right. hope happened and i should say that i probably agree with a lot of their sentiments but a lot of these people that a lot of them just truly are dirt poor <laughs> i mean that's something that keeps getting referenced here and yeah. i don't know what happened there which so, so can i respond because you, you said a lot of things I, I actually like to respond to go ahead go ahead yeah, so uh, just like C.A. said, first and foremost, um, a lefty is a lefty no matter if they are in Israel or if they are in America. Um, I would say maybe if you're a lefty in Palestine, uh, it's synonymous with a jihad, but that's another thing. But um, yeah, I mean, of course, they're going to hate all religions, right? They hate, like, they don't see no difference. I mean, they, they do see a difference when it comes to uh, you know, loving Muslims uh, for some for some uh, strange re reason, and maybe that's because you know both of them want to destroy uh, the civilization that we know and build, uh, build up something new, something that they try to do in Iran, for example. But um, here's the here's the thing, right? These guys they can go to Saudi Arabia or you know any other shithole you know that's not Israel, and you know say like, oh, this is so beautiful, this is wonderful. And you have poverty all over, you have people in misery all over, you have, you know, streets that, that are dirty, you have these uh, multi-million palaces, you know, just for the tourists so that they can be comfortable. And and you're not allowed to say anything, you know, against the government uh, or the oppressive regimes uh, or anything against Islam, right? You come to Israel, you have clean streets, you have people on the streets actually being... <laughs> expressing the, their freedom of speech because it's a democracy, right? It's maybe not be the democracy as you know in America, but it's still a democracy. And people people are uh, voting left and right depending on, on how they suit, what suits them, right? So, so just right there is a big difference between Israel and the rest of the Middle East. Now, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the uh, ultra-Orthodox Jews, I, I would say I'm not really sure if that is such a big um, conundrum as those newspapers want to portray them as, because Jews historically has always have um, a big portion of uh, of, of their um, uh, big big portion of of their diaspora or their um, 
population. Population. Um, all, they well, all they always be, they have always been uh, orthodox. You have you have the more liberal ones. You have the secular ones. They always have the orthodox ones. Well, so so I I don't really see the big uh, big problem that that they try to portray here because let's let's one one person on the mic. Yeah, let him let, let's that. let's face it. Uh, the even if you don't have to uh, join the military. Most Jews in Israel will serve just just to you know uh, just as uh, just to show their patriotism to the country. At least that's my take of it. Yeah. So, from my understanding and everything I've read is that, uh, and this is stuff that this is typically when the one left wing retort, which I guess I typically don't really care about it, care about it as much from an ideological concern, given that I probably sympathize with most of their views. But uh, I guess from a purely pragmatic concern and just looking at what these people can do, I think that's where there could be some validity to it. But as far as the idea that, uh, I guess, people were much more religious back then, and hence they were much more likely to be orthodox and probably much more kind of like what's considered kind of more stringent uh, forms of orthodoxy. Uh, a big disagreement I've had, and somebody brought this up, that, yeah, there's been a lot of orthodox Jews in the past. But the difference is, is that uh, the, the orthodox Jews in the past would actually do stuff. They would actually work and... Which the difference with these Jews is that they literally just they literally just studied the Torah all day, and that's many of them. That this is like a a just a much more austere kind of religious sect, which is going to create a lot of problems. And well, it's, it's 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 a problem that needs worked out, but but I I, I still don't get your point. Well, the point is is that to, I should say that to, look, I, I we're seeing just kind of this, it's a possible problem. Not a no, problem, I'm saying possible that, problem. I'm saying that I've seen people make the amongst the arguments that I've seen, it's essentially that uh, we're seeing this kind of bent uh, or this kind of ultra orthodox bent uh, in the government. And I guess it seems as though that's going that way. But uh, the problem is, is that uh, it's ultimately encouraging a lot of these people, which it's not quite clear if a lot of these people are going to be the most flourishing of citizens. I mean, there was another study that showed that uh, today in Israel, only about half of only about half of the citizens are literally have enough money to actually pay taxes, which the problem is, is that if you increase kind of an Israeli pop or an ultra orthodox uh, Jewish population, that number's uh, likely to get much larger. Which the the fear is that you could see the ultimate fear that these people seem to have is that you would have a population where maybe something like ten to twenty percent uh, paid I don't know paid the vast lion's share of the taxes, whereas the other like seventy eighty didn't do that much. And you would have a you would have this uh, you would have this dichotomy of like this ultra orthodox. Uh, somewhat to, I don't know, antiquated ways of living. And you could have a kind of a more secular, uh, I guess, uh, more kind of uh, contemporary way of living and that you could see this kind of clash. And that's a problem that sounds like it needs worked out. But at the end of the day, it's still better to have that than have the Muslims that want to slit everybody's throats. Uh, I mean, it seems to be that uh, I've also heard, seen a lot of, uh, I guess, very pro-Israeli Israeli commentators I guess somewhat to, uh, I what I, I what I find is I I think that they have a pretty astute takes on this, and they'll make the point that okay, well, our birth rate is being drummed up by these ultra orthodox women, but Palestinian women also have a lot of kids, so it's better that uh, we get more Jewish inhabitants uh, uh, having kids to counteract Palestinians than it than not having it at all, you know, right? Or not exactly from kind of the orthodox, which I guess it's maybe, more on demographics, yeah. Which I should say this, and people are going to take this the wrong way, but, and I understand why people have major qualms with the Palestinians in Israel, 
But the only thing I would say, and I think this this is what's different about it from a lot of other scenarios where people like to call it a literal apartheid state, is that if you look at the Palestinians in average in Israel proper, they actually tend to do pretty well. I mean, it, it's shown that something like a quarter of the physicians in Israel are Palestinian. That to, I forget the college, but to what's considered the Israel Israeli version of uh, MIT or Caltech, uh, Palestinians actually hold their own in those universities, and they're they're uh, proportionate to the their their uh, their uh, their number in the student body is proportionate to their uh, uh, their uh, number in the general population, which is about twenty twenty one percent. Yeah, pa- Palestinian Israeli citizens. The, the, the Palestinians that are actually Israeli citizens are treated just like all the other citizens. Palestinians that are not citizens of Israel, no, they're not considered, they're not treated the same because they're not the same. They're, they're not part of Israel. But Palestinians that are actually Israeli citizens even hold office in government. They're judges, they're police officers, they, they, they fight in the military. They, they, they enjoy all the benefits that any other uh, Israeli, you know, participates in. But- I, I should say that to, really quickly. Uh, that to, let me just say that. Wait, just let me say something really quickly. That to, the part where I would I would definitely that to, I, I people might think that I'm saying the Palestinians could be fine. I understand that to, it's probably the case that once Palestinians are basically under the domain of I guess Israel or Palestinians under the domain of I guess Israeli laws that to, they're going to be able to flourish and do well. I understand that it's going to be the case that if the tables were turned and Palestine had power, it would just become an absolute shithole like the rest of the Arab the Arab Well, and it would be a it would be a slaughter. It would be a bloodbath. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so, would. yeah, so the, so we need Israel to stay a, a overwhelmingly majority um, Jewish state. We, it just it has to stay that way if it wants to survive. So, here's the thing. the clash between the, the secular and the orthodox Jews have existed and always will exist in Israel. I mean, this is nothing new. But ultimately, this is Israel's problem. It's not our problem. And honestly, I have faith in Israel to solve it. And this this whole um, portray of making Benjamin Netanyahu look like uh, Satan, uh, really. <laughs> they tried to portray him as Satan and, and tried to make us believe that somehow he's uh, pushing for a full-on theocratical state of of uh, of Jewish uh, Jewish Kabbalah, where uh, democracy is being uh, washed away, is nothing but bullshit. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a scare true. tactic. Is it just yeah. a scare, scare yeah. tactic? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I should... mean, yeah, yeah. Him getting into office does give them a little, little does give the Orthodox uh, more more power, uh, more more uh, presence in government. But it it doesn't uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean that they're going to take over. Yeah, I, this is probably a good segue into this shouldn't be as dry if uh, I guess people thought it was dry. But to, the other part I wanted to get into and I referenced it a little bit is that to Benjamin and Yahoo, or I guess this government plans to really quell the power of the Supreme Court, which is something that's very controversial. And it seems to be that to, there are many takes on this, which I guess just going over a quick uh, tidbit from the Times of Israel stating this, it says legislation. Well, plan- look, before you read that, let me say this. Is that what they intend to do, or is that what people are claiming they intend to do? Uh, I'm going to read this off, and I actually, yeah, okay. there's actually very good evidence that that's what they're trying to do. Which is, uh, I guess, I'll just I'll just state it to just going okay. through this. But uh, yeah, this is as, as far as what I find is the salient issues, at least amongst a kind of mainstream news complaining about this. It's the first part of kind of the policy, and then it's also what they're what they plan on doing the Supreme Court, which. 
I'll start by reading a Times of Israel, and then I'll read something else. But to, it says, legislation planned by the emerging coalition includes a high court override clause that will curtail the judiciary by allowing the Kinzet to re-regulate laws that are struck down by the high court. Members of the incoming coalition have vowed to pass the override clause and also give the, uh, the governing coalition of the day control over the panel that selects justices. The legislation demanded by religious Zionism and the United Torah Judaism parties, as well as numerous Likud uh, MKs, would likely allow the Kinsnet to re-legislate any such law or enact legislation with immunity from court review from the outset. So one of the big problems that I guess is, is that uh, the court can essentially review whatever it wants and say if it's a good, good or a bad law by whatever kind of their de facto constitution is. And they think they really, really want to up, up, from my understanding, really, really want to upend this, which would essentially kind of defang the, uh, the Supreme Court in Israel, mm. which some people are in favor of it because they think the Supreme Court is kind of bullshit and it, it's, it doesn't have like a clear constitution to work from. And there's much, there's more interpretation of there. And others think that to uh, no doing this is ultimately going to fuck up, uh, I guess, kind of the, uh, uh, I guess the barriers of power and it's going to make it such that uh uh, I guess the the Kinzet's going to have way too much power, uh, way too much. Power. It's it's the Knesset. Yeah, Knesset. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't. Yeah, no, no offense. I just I just, I didn't catch that you said it. I, I didn't catch. I didn't realize yeah, there's a, that. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of Israel or uh, Hebrew terms that I'm butchering. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Cool. No problem. Just yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it's the Knesset. Yeah, which I guess the other is particularly controversial about this is that. Uh, which we haven't really referenced is that Benjamin Netanyahu is currently on trial for fraud charges, which they plan on making, they plan on making it such that uh, they'll just literally vote out. They'll just literally change the law on what counts as fraud, which the Supreme court wouldn't allow for and would try to strike down, which that's also a big controversy, which there are people that are against that, that also think the, the kind of charges against Benjamin Netanyahu are trumped up bullshit. But uh, I, I should read that. Uh, I think does a good job of uh, going over the actual, I guess what's what's uh, the crux of the matter in regards to the Supreme Court. And this comes from a New York Times article, and it says critics were scandalized that the plan would strike would strike from the book a, a key a key crime in Mr. Netanyahu's indictment, fraud and breach of trust, while providing substantial immunity for the Prime Minister, Cabinet ministers, and legislators. Legislators, it has been called a rescue plan for Netanyahu that would turn corruption into the official religion of Israel. The implications of the proposal go far beyond Mr. Netanyahu, importing one of the greatest flaws in the American system. The plan calls for more definitive political control over judicial appointments, by contrast to the balanced mix of, polit of politicians, justices, and bar representatives today, and would weaken the role of the attorney general. Most striking is the attempt to suppress judicial review. The plan would make it very hard for the Supreme Court to strike down laws deemed to violate basic rights, and parliaments could almost automatically uh, re-legislate such a law dissolving an essential constraint on government power and, and on majority rule. It wasn't until 1992 that legislators passed two human rights uh, basic laws. These laws protect a series of rights, including life, property, personal liberties, privacy, and choice of employment or profession. Liberal Israelis cling to them as an anchor, though they represent only a rump bill of rights, lacking explicit guarantees for freedom of speech and association. Well, no uh, is, Israeli... Uh, Israeli law explicitly guarantees equality for all, leaving the courts to protect these rights through interpretation. So I guess sitting the stage right there, it appears as though that one, I guess through these, what's considered basically the basic laws, Israel can go over certain laws 
Israel or the Israeli Supreme Court can go over base clause and I guess do what to any or do what to I guess any court would do with their own uh, constitution and say, okay, does this actually abide by what or adhere to what the constitution or adhere to what our constitution says? Which I guess they're I'm not quite sure of all the legality of this or I guess the politics of this, but it appears as though they would readily do this and strike down laws saying that's a, oh, well, no, this is devoid of basic of what we consider the basic laws, which. Well, well, well let, let me, let me explain something to you. So part of it is, is that they want Palestinians in the occupied territories to have the same rights as Israeli citizens. And that's, that's just not going to happen. That, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be a part of things. And so that's, that's part of the, that's part of the problem. Um, I, I think that's part of it. And I should say that uh, one of the things that was contentious that I referenced before is them basically making, I guess, I guess, uh, uh, allocating control of the West Bank to, uh, I guess, a, a civil administrator as a, or, uh, I guess a civil administration and a minister instead of it just being controlled by the army and just more general stuff, which would probably be easier for the, I don't know, the Supreme Court to interact on. And I guess just kind of general, I just, uh, I guess just general overhead as opposed to it being controlled by one person, which is very controversial. And I guess some people are trying to deem that that should be overturned. It seems to be the other thing that people are complaining about. And I don't really think that's that substantive in the grand scheme of things, or at least from a policy perspective is that uh, they want to essentially overturn a law that would, that would uh, basically, uh, I guess, I guess give Benjamin Yachting carte blanche as far as that being prosecuted or omnipotency for being, or that's the word I'm looking for, impunity for being prosecuted. Which Im- Im- immunity. Oh, sorry. What immunity? Sorry, immunity. And I guess people are really, really taking umbrage with this and think that, uh, okay, this is not uh, this is uh, this is not pretending good things for Israeli democracy. If you can just have a uh, people, uh, I guess, uh, legislating laws whenever they want to uh, to make it such that uh, their prime minister or the person that's uh, the leader of their party doesn't have to worry about being arrested or being tr- uh, being convicted of a crime. Well, you, you have to realize that the liberals in, in the in the uh, in Israel are going after Netanyahu the same way the liberals went after Trump in the United States, and so it's trumped up charges, it's nonsense, it's BS, it's demonization, and uh, they're decidedly on the on the side of of the Palestinians and not and not Israel and not the Israeli people, and so whatever they have to do by hook or crook, fair or unfair, they're willing to play all the tactics. And uh, they're they're truly treasonous to the core, and that that goes for the the people that write for the New York Times as well. Yeah, I I did say it before that uh, I do some serious misgivings with a lot of the people that are critiquing Israel, or a lot of the articles that I'm reading from that critique Israel. But uh, I still think, regardless, there is a genuine compl- there is a genuine. Uh, I guess there is a gen. I think there's a, a a genuine argument to be made from both sides, whether it's actually good to, I guess, defang the. The kind of, I guess, the the impact the Supreme Court can have, and if that could ultimately be a peril for what is considered uh, Israeli democracy, if you kind of strip, strip away, I guess, like, or strip away that. So, there is a piece called on NPR.org where and Netanyahu actually defends his stance, and he says they are joining me. I'm not joining them, and uh, he says that. Um, Ben Gavir has modified a lot of his use uh, since he joined him, and he also says with power comes responsibility. 
and uh, also like yeah, I, I won't read it all all out here, but uh, he says also all politics all politics is cruel. Israel politics is crueler than most. I've been subjugated, especially my family, to end this vilification because I keep winning elections. And I think this is uh, this is very important because first first and foremost, why is he back in power? <laughs> A lot of people want him back in power. That's that's something. Uh, maybe it's not really that's not that's not really a given here, you know, because a lot of things happen in between, right? But uh, right. That, but the but the thing is, he's very well respected, and uh, a lot of people like him. All right, so, so it's not like this this guy comes out of blue like a villain or something, you know, just bought his way in corrupt corrupt scandals in in office. No, that's not what's going on. And yeah, but when it comes yeah, yeah. To, the, the people want him in power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to politics, uh, is cruel. Israel politics is cruel the most. This is something we need to remember. Israel is not uh, America. Uh, Israel is <coughs> under 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 constant attack by scumbag terrorists who are living, who are li- who are the neighbors. Just imagine your neighbors to terrorist scumbags day in day night, and you they you know they can kill you, and they they can they just commit they plot schemes to try to uh, just a- end your existence. Right. So of course, of course, like you're gonna have a much more um, uh, firm fist to deal with this, even in politics. And one thing is also to be known is that Israel, since its beginning, starts like it it shifted from a very open, left-leaning um, democracy into a, uh, let's say the population shifted from that. To a much more right-wing authoritarian, uh, uh, not mm, yeah, not, uh, I'm looking for the word. Much more right-wing author- authoritarian, uh, apologet- a- apologetics uh, mindset because they want this this problem to be dealt with. They're tired. Yeah, they want they want to survive. Yeah, they're tired of this. They are tired of terrorism. Being committed on the street daily, I mean, I like even the terrorists uh, ter- terrorism that uh, that's going on in Israel is not even brought up in the news anymore. I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago there there, there was a there was a Palestinian who who, who drove over some people in, in uh, was it in Tel Aviv? Uh, yes, not, yeah. it was it was Tel Aviv. Yeah, and like th- this was this was not a big this was not a big news story. It, it's it's but but what we do hear in the news all the time is oh the poor Palestinians oh they're building settlements oh the poor Palestinians don't have their rights man man sh- shut up shut shut up start 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 paying start paying your bills right start paying start paying your rent and maybe you will have some rights all right you you like you said uh, writer you, you said that a lot of the Palestinians in Israel actually do good for themselves. Right, I want I want to see those Palestinians do good for themselves in Ramallah and see how it goes. I, well, I, the, the I, I Palestinians don't think it's gonna go go anywhere. The the Palestinians don't want to pay their rent. They don't want to pay their their bills because they don't think that they owe it to the Israelis because they don't think the Israelis have the right to exist. Right, exactly. And so it's a it's a it's a it's an un, you know, you can't compromise with somebody who. And you can't work things out with somebody who who denies your right to exist. 
Yeah, which I, I should say that to, like, I, I kind of want to finish, a, a, I guess, this, I guess the, the last part of this in regards to the Supreme Court in Israel. But to, yeah, I, I should say that to, it seems to be that the most middle position in Israel or that I found on Israel is something like, uh, okay, well, it appears as though the country in general is becoming much more kind of like a ultra orthodox or ultra orthodox, and there's going to be certain pitfalls from that. But it's always been the case that the Palestinians actually never really wanted to play ball with any of this stuff, and they never actually really cared that much. And any sort of overture, any sort of overture of like a two-state solution that was given to them, or for them to have their own sovereignty they ultimately rebuffed because they were looking for a much sweeter deal and they probably wanted something that was, uh, that was similar to what they had kind of pre 1948. But uh, I, I think I'd like to just finish reading this, uh, the last part of this that I clipped out and says, if the party supporting Mr. Netanyahu's block and alliance of right-wing religious and ultra Orthodox parties, when re-election, when re- the election this week, the next government might have the legitimacy to man- dismantle most judicial constraints that could not. That could not only help Mr. Yahoo uh, avoid the law. It will also remove limits on a full-blown liberal agenda. Religious Zionism has elaborate plans to deepen the grip of Judaism's over public life in Israel, restrict who qualifies for immigration under Israel Israel's law of return, and reverse the Supreme Court's attempt to protect migrants and asylum seekers from African countries from deportation or imprisonment. But the right wing. But the right wing's uh, biggest focus is on is the land itself. Religious Zionism's legal plan openly states that many what many right wingers want. The party could seek to relegislate a law the court struck down in 2020, retroactively legitimizing settlements in the West Bank. In other words, judicial reform serves de facto uh, annexation. All settlements in the West Bank are Israel. The West Bank is Israel, and all should be legitimized. Period. And if the Palestinians don't like it, they they have was it 22 or 24 other Arab nations they can go to if, if those Arab nations really consider them brothers. Most people don't realize this, but you know, if you're friends with an Arab, you'll find out that the Palestinians are despised in the Arabic community, in the Muslim world. They're despised. The, the only people they hate worse than the Palestinians are the Israelis, are the Jews. But they absolutely despise the Palestinians. They consider them the lowest of the low. Yeah. Which uh, I, I think another, you know, which obviously you're very much in the Kahani group. <laughs> you, you, I am. Yeah. That's your strategy or your ideology in regards to Israel. I should say that's another thing I found interesting, which uh, I guess people are taking umbrage with. And uh, this will probably happen eventually in Israel, but to, and I, I'm actually kind of surprised it, happened, as in, it hasn't happened originally, but to, they want to change it seems as though one of the things, and I'm not quite sure how many Orthodox politicians have, or how many, uh, I guess, uh, right-wing politicians have tried to do this, but they want to make it such that uh, law of return is no longer set to it being the case that you only have to have one Jewish grandparent, which I think they did because it was supposed to correspond with uh, the Nuremberg laws, which basically said if you had at least one Jewish grandparent, then they could really screw with you. And if you had more than, if you had at least three, then you were going to some sort of concentration camp, or at least when uh, it became full fledged. But uh, it seems to be that they want to change it such that, uh, in order to actually apply for right of return, you actually your mother has to be Jewish or your maternal, right? Which it seems as though, which is kind of interesting, that uh, a lot of the groups in America that are very kind of pro-Zionist and pro-Israel, they take umbrage with this, and this is the one thing they won't stand for. 
thus it appears as though this is one thing that they won't break or <laughs> for some reason this has become the I don't know, this is like one of the weird like mainstays or or that's considered an elephant in the room that'll probably just stay that way with a lot of kind of a I don't know, Israeli politics, which I'm kind of interested to see what happens from that. Which I'm not even quite sure how you would go about changing that. Which I guess if you if you kind of uh, quell a lot of the influence or quell the power uh, quell the power of the Supreme Court, that's uh, I guess it would be easier to do that, which is somewhat interesting. I I would like to read. Uh, I don't know if you, if you guys have any more comments, but I would like to read one last thing on this that comes from Alan Dershowitz. Go ahead. Okay. And Alan Dershowitz is obviously very pro-Israel, but uh, he took umbrage with the the or or what Benjamin Netanyahu is trying to do, and uh, I guess ultimately kind of a, a upending kind of judicial review. And he says. But democracy requires equality, and the Supreme Court of Israel has been an important guarantor of equality and, and other basic rights essential to a democracy. I have been a student of the court for half a century and a vocal supporter of its independence. I recognize the paradox of supporting an institution that has the power to overrule democracy arrived at laws of the Knesset. That, that, that is the paradox of all non-elected courts. That, that have the power of judicial review, including the United States of, including the United States Supreme Court. Should a non-democratically appointed elite court have the power to assure compliance with fundamental democratic values when the democracy, when the democratically elected uh, parliament fails to do so? Question mark. This and other similar conundrum have uh, royal democracies since the days of Socrates. I hope Israel, Israelis realize that their that their Supreme Court is among the most respected in the world and has proved its its ability to serve as a check and balance on other institutions, also a criterion for democracy. The proposal to allow the Knesset to override decisions of the Supreme Court would curtail the ability of judges to assure equality. It would also make it more difficult for Israel's defenders in the courts, Israelis' defenders in the court of public opinion in international courts. Most importantly, it would weaken an institution that has served the Israeli people well since the creation of the state, sometimes ruling in favor of the left, other times in favor of the right, but always seeking to apply the rule of the law. The override, the override proposal would be a strong disaster for Israel and should be strongly opposed by all who cares about justice, all who care about justice, rather. Well, the, the problem is, is that I, I can see that argument being made in the United States, but Israel is fighting for its very life, for its very existence. And so these lefty scumbags that undermine Israel and, and support the Palestinians um, are, are really risking the very existence and the lives of the Israeli people and the existence of the Israeli state. And so that's, a, that's one hell of a big difference between our, you know, us and what we, we, the laws we abide by and the, our constitution and the Supreme Court and theirs. There's much more at stake in that country than there is here. Yeah, and I guess one of the things that uh, I found interesting, and you and Samuel have both made this argument, that uh, we can't view Israel under, I guess, more conventional circumstances because Israel is always going to have to worry about its safety and they literally have bombs being shot at them. And they're just always going to be, I guess, seemingly kind of an existential crisis in a way, which I, I seem to that seems to be what the argument is. That uh, therefore any sort of analogies with, I guess, more of a, I guess, a democracy that uh, is not in quite peril or has to worry about uh, its neighbors attacking them. Uh, is ultimately- well, 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 think about it this way. Imagine if we were the United States. Imagine, imagine if we were in that place. We were, we were the United States, and there was Canada on one side and Mexico on the other, and both sides were fly- firing rockets into, into the United States. 
and coming across the border and trying to uh, kill us and blow up city buses and all sorts of other things. And at the same time, arguing that we're not treating them fairly by not letting them come in and out whenever they feel, they feel like it. We're restricting their movement, even though when they have freedom of movement, and even when they don't have freedom of movement, they're, they're causing chaos and, and murdering people and uh, committing suicide bombings. Yeah, so I, I guess the part where, I don't know, I, I guess I, my qualm with this argument is that it seems to be assuming that uh, because we have to worry about these things, you have to give a lot of power to, I guess, what's seen as, uh, I guess, counteracting this or what's been seen as, I guess, what you would uh, call the kind of more right-wing position. Yes. Which I think the only the only thing that uh, I disagree with here is that it really matters to what extent, to, I guess, a lot of these decisions, such as uh, what they proposed that... Uh, I guess uh, quelling kind of West Bank settlements to what ex- West Bank settlements to what extent is that a, actually a jeopardy actually jeopardizes I guess the safety of Israel or or puts the safety or puts uh, Israel in some sort of existential crisis. What, what can I ask? This? What well, is... I was going to say because it because it seems as though the argument is that uh, we always have to be mindful of this because it, whatever they do is ultimately going to lead to that. So we can't we have to ultimately kind of strike down I guess kind of uh, separations of powers that. Uh, Maybe on paper seem okay, but they're ultimately conducive to that. So yes, okay. Which I think, from my perspective, and maybe this is where I guess I would somewhat disagree. Or this is how do I say this? I guess kind of my own kind of qualm looking at Israeli or Israeli politics is that it seems to be that a lot of a lot of uh, Israelis or people are very pro-Israel in general think that Israel democracy is always in jeopardy and the country could be, I guess, overtaken. overtaken uh, very promptly and it wouldn't take that much which i quite frankly disagree with that i think israel israel will has some problems and it's obviously time's not the safest place to live i mean i think the worst is probably the second intifada which is something like 20 years ago but uh, i don't think it's quite as dangerous of a place as, of a place as people make it out to be but uh, what were you guys what were you guys gonna say yeah th- that's because of their policies right here because uh, uh, of their implementation of of laws that the left are always trying to uh, find as uh, extreme, right? It's it's become safer because they they are relentless and unapologetic in keeping it safe. Yeah, it, it, it's safer because of the Iron Dome. It's safer because of the walls. It's safer because of the checkpoints that the 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 the, uh, the, the Palestinians whine about having to go through. Um, you know, there, there was a woman that was uh, that needed hospital care, and she was getting free hospital care by Israeli surgeons, and uh, she was trying to commit a terrorist attack. It was all a ruse so she could get in the hospital and, and, and kill people in the hospital. Yeah. And those checkpoints, I mean, wow, oh my God. What what a what a big what a big deal those checkpoints are for these Palestinians because they, they cannot move freely. <laughs> And commit commit havoc. They're so triggered by the checkpoints. Of course, it's it's funny. Uh, I mean, you know, the the thing is, um, the yeah, you 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 said you said I I wanna had a question about this. What the fuck is an illegal settlement anyway? Can somebody answer that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. The, the, the settlements are, are legal because they're deemed, deemed legal by the government. And again, it's all, it's all Israel. It's all Israel territory. It's all part of Israel. 
And they say the occupied territories, hey, you lost land. You tried to overthrow Israel. You did it, tried to destroy Israel. And you got your Arab asses kicked. And now you don't have the land that you had once had control over. And so they can call it occupied territory. It's, it's all part of Israel now. It was a part of Israel before. Now it is again because of, uh, you know, the, you had to go, you had to roll the dice and go, uh, you know, all or nothing. And now you're getting nothing. Yeah. The, pro- the problem, I would say, I, my, my biggest issue with, and this is even with the right wing in Israel and America, is they, they never, they never, they never point out the core issue of this whole, um, this whole this whole conflict, and that is that it it is very much indeed a religious conflict. Yeah, but, of course. But when they, when they point on to Israel, they talk about oh how bad you know it would be if you know an ultra orthodox uh, Jew took power and made it into a theocratical state. But <laughs> somehow it's okay f- for Palestine to promote jihad, having a Sharia state, Sharia implement implementation laws. And nobody has any problem with that, right? No, like it, it's it's such a hypocrisy. And I I would say you know the the, the biggest problem with Israel is that they don't they don't want to offend their Muslim neighbors because they have a lot of allies that are also Muslim. And yeah, I I can understand it from their point of view that they don't want to because they, they they are a small small country in a in a uh, in a pile of shit. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true, right? It's it's the only shining light light in a beacon of, of trash. But uh, sorry, in a wall of trash, beacon of light in a uh, wall of trash. So <laughs> so so of course they will they they might know the problem is actually you know coming from uh, a core fundamental Islamic agenda, but but they don't they don't want to say right. But I would say. Right, because it is very much about ever since ever since uh, the first Jew <laughs> came came to Israel after after uh, after the declaration of uh, of Zionism. It was in when was it 1905 or something when they started to build up Israel from scratch. Correct me if I'm right. wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's about yeah. that's about the yeah. right, 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 wrong. Yeah, yeah. So ever since then. Uh, I mean, even before that, the Ottomans, the the Ottoman Empire, they they they, they didn't let Jews co- come and take the pilgrimage toward, towards uh, Jerusalem, but they they all the Arabs, all not just Arabs, everybody who was in the Middle East, despised Jews. They didn't want to have Jews in their countries or in, in their on the ground whatsoever. The whole conflict is because they hate Jews to the core, so much so that. They try to eliminate them over and over and over again, and they get fucked by in their ass every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Yeah, every time. They're never gonna learn. Yeah, they're never gonna learn. And this, this is this is what it is. And some somehow, you know, the lefties, you know, they they shifted from, you know, being very 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 friendly to Jews to being very. Against Jews, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand why, really. Like, yeah, I, I have I some ideas, but ultimately, it's it seems to be a way of convenience only. 
for the day. Well, well, they they see they see Israel as a piece of Western civilization, and leftists are against Western civilization. Right, right, right. But, but that that still doesn't like that. Just shows the hypocrisy that oh, when you're not when when you're down on your lucks, then it's okay to support you. But as soon as you establish something good for yourself, we're going to be against you. How does that? Yep. Yep. That's the that's the way they look at it. Uh, I that's I don't I don't understand that. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Barry Lawyer, do you have anything else you'd like to say on this? Because I I think we've we've talked a lot about it. Uh, no, not really. I guess the only thing I would say is that uh, I'm interested to learn more about kind of uh, what's going to happen at the I guess the I guess the legality of the. Uh, as it uh, pertains to the judicial branch of Israel, that's probably well. We'll have to keep an eye on it, and follow it, and see and see how it plays out. Um, but you know, obviously, we're going to revisit this issue the of Israel and Israel versus Palestine. Uh, you know, many episodes in the future. So, um, so this this won't be the last word on this. You know, we're going to keep a we're going to keep an eye on on the progression of the politics over there and and the conflict. So uh, that being said. Uh, this has been a conversation about Benjamin Netanyahu coming back into power. I fully support him. I am a Kahanist. I call me Rabbi Kahana, Mayor Kahana. Um, I am a Kahanist. I always have been. And uh, if you don't know what a Kahanist is, look it up. Look it up. I make no bones about it. I don't deny it. It is what it is. So this has been the Conservative Atheist Podcast. And uh, again, I support uh, Benjamin Netanyahu 100%. Um, I've been joined today by my co-hosts, Brighter Later and Samuel. And uh, we've discussed all the different implications and all the complaints from various people about Netanyahu and his possible policies when he gets into office. We're going to see how things play out. Um, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, listen to more. Uh, we talk, we interview many people from the very famous to the not so famous and everybody in between. We discuss all sorts of issues, uh, mostly controversial. And, uh, you know, we, we try to give you the best possible perspective from a conservative atheist standpoint, uh, which is a different perspective than most people get. And uh, the conversations can last anywhere from an, an hour to two hours to three hours, depending on who we're interviewing and who, what topic we're talking about. And we drop a podcast Monday through Friday. In other words, Sunday morning, sun, I'm sorry, Sunday morning, Sunday night into Monday morning after 12.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City time. Um, and the last one drops a Thursday night into Friday morning after 12.01 Eastern Standard Time or New York City time. And uh, we crank them out, you know, five days a week at least. And... We, we have also, you know, we also have a Patreon, a Patreon, uh, the, the, the link to the Patreon is going to be in the description of the, of the podcast. And it comes with all sorts of perks. It comes with benefits. It's going to have, uh, you know, it's going to have video podcasting. So you get to see what we look like. You'll get, you'll get that aspect. Uh, obviously that'll remain commercial free. Even if we start with commercials on the regular podcast, which we haven't so far, but I'm sure we probably will at some point in the future. Uh, and you, you get all sorts of perks and merchandise, um, 
And so it starts out at $5 a month, which is pennies a day. And it, it helps support the podcast and it helps support us to be able to continue to do the work we're trying to do. And so if you've enjoyed this and you like this, you know, $5, you know, there's other tiers, there's higher tiers, but you pretty much get most of everything from the first tier. And so we really appreciate your support. We were, even if you decide not to do that, we would appreciate you listening. And uh, thank you for listening. Take care. One last thing before I let you go. Tonight, when you're laying flat on your back in your bed, staring up at the ceiling in the dark, drifting off into sleep, I want you to repeat this mantra over and over and over again. Conservative atheist is always right. 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 And in the morning when you wake up, you're going to be a refreshed, renewed person. The sun is going to shine brighter. The air is going to feel crisper. The flowers are going to smell sweeter. And the birds are going to sing your name. And all will be right with the world. And to guarantee that, I want you to repeat another mantra. There's only Israel. There is no Palestine. 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 Thanks for listening, you knuckleheads. We'll talk to you next time.